So maybe just a... We're just fine-tuning how annoying we want that to be for you, but I'm trying to make a point. So how long do you reckon you could listen to that noise for? <laughs> Five minutes? Ten minutes? An hour? Gets pretty annoying after a while. Not as annoying, not as, annoying as not having front pockets, because I always use them. They're fake. So I'll just use these. Um, so obviously it can get pretty annoying. What's happening uh, with your ears now is you are actually able to, um, a bit re reading a study, and you're actually able to differentiate between my voice and that sound eventually. Eventually you'd get to a point where that sound becomes background uh, and my voice will become foreground. There's lots of terminology that I, I didn't understand, like how it actually works in the, in the study, but essentially what, what they were looking at is how different noises in the background can eventually become background and how your ears have the ability to focus in on what I'm saying and then make that background. Now, because we're constantly talking about it, you'll find your mind always going back to it but your mind does have the ability to eventually differentiate between that sound. Sorry. The, the funny thing is, though, I want to I read another study that I had a look at, too. So it says here, listening to a loud noise for a long time can overwork hair cells in the ear, which can cause these cells to die. The hearing loss progresses as long as the exposure continues. Harmful effects might continue even after noise exposure has stopped. Damage to the inner ear or the auditory neural system is generally permanent. So even though your mind has the ability to differentiate that sound right now, it's still doing you damage. You're welcome. <laughs> the problem that we have is that we live in a world that it sounds, in the spiritual realm, it sounds like this. It's constantly trying to take our attention. It's constantly trying to make us think about it. It's constantly trying to make us not hear the soft, still voice. I want to show something to you. Point proven. You can't hear me. Anyone want to? Oh, you can lip read, but you didn't hear me. Um, and that's the problem that we have: is that in such a loud world, whispers can be quite hard to hear. And so, if the, if the world's loud, and we live in a in a, in a world that's loud, we um, can find it pretty hard to hear the soft and the still. Um, the world's constantly wanting us to act like it and to be like it, and eventually, when the sound is constantly going, the world will have you smell like it, and it starts to be on you and be a part of you. And even now, you have to continually think back, and, and it's only when you concentrate on that sound that it starts to be there. But we, as we go into this talk, you'll see that it starts to just become background. But I have a really important question that, that I want you to ask, because there's a lot here at stake. Um, because as you can see, if the soft, still voice is trying to speak through this noise, 
eventually there's things that are missed and we could be potentially missing out on a lot of what God is trying to say to us. So I have a really important question for you tonight. When was the last time you actually shut the world out? When was the last time you actually made the world silent? (laughs) See, silence can be difficult for us. It was 20 seconds before we had to be funny. It's, It's confronting and it makes your mind think, how long is he going to stand there in that silence? When's the next time we're going to hear a bubba cry? It's very hard to make our minds concentrate on, on where our minds need to be. Um, and so it's something that's been on my heart a lot is how do we drown out that sound? How do we make, how do we live our lives without the um, influence of that constant sound in the background? Because as you can see, you didn't even miss that silence until it was given to you. You didn't even know what was missing. Sometimes we miss it. We don't understand. We don't even know that it's there, that opportunity's there. And now if I was to whisper something, it'd be a lot clearer. There was recently a study. um, It was published in 2014. The people that were... Um, There was a few people that took part in it. I'm not sure the numbers. I've got the percentages of what happened. They were asked to sit in a room silently and think for 15 minutes. Now, all of these people that were told to go into this room, they were asked previous to the the experiment, they were asked if they um, would like to be shocked, like electrocuted. Um, maybe not electrocuted is the right word, but shocked. Um, and they all said that they would pay to not be shocked. Now, they were put in this room with um, a, a device that was in the room and it was attached to them. And, they were, uh, and they were, they, it was just given to them. And it gave them the ability to shock themselves. Now, 25% of the women that went in there shocked themselves... And 67% of the men, that says something, (laughs) shocked themselves. But it goes to prove that the majority of people that went into the study would, after they they were, they said that before they went into the room that they would pay to not be shocked. But they couldn't sit still and think for 15 minutes. They had to do something and chose to do something that they told previously that they would pay not to do. They decided to shock themselves over sitting quietly and thinking for 15 minutes. And this is an indication of the world that we live in and that is taking a, taking a, um, a toll on us and the way that we think and the way that we act. So I want to I talk tonight or... or um, explore um, intimacy and, and being alone and being quiet with God. Um, like I said, it's been something that's been on my heart a lot. Um, and I suppose before... I want, I'm a pretty practical guy. I like to figure out 
or at least talk about... I, I, I like talking about things. I like talking. Um, <laughs> shut up. Um, but I like being practical, so I want to get onto some practical things. But before we get practical, when it comes to intimacy with God, a question that needs to be answered first is why? So if you've got the word with you, let's check out... And I apologise for not having the, the, the actual Bible... Um, but I do have it on my phone, so apologies for not having the, the tangible thing. I'll, I'll go into why I'm saying that in a moment. So, we know that Jesus was the Messiah, we know that He was the Chosen One, He's the Lamb of God, He's the Redeemer, all of these things, He's the Christ. Um, but something that we fail to acknowledge often enough um, is that He is our example, that He was born in the flesh and that He lived the perfect life, giving us an example of how to live, more than just our scapegoat, but our, um, our example of way to be. He said, I am the way. So, if we check out, um, let's go Ephesians 5.1. It's always a fun little mystery to, I don't really know where I'm going. With the, I don't really go where, know where I'm going with the point until I get there, and then I go, oh, that's right. There you go, perfect. I was just talking about him being an example. In, I'm in the NLT um, because I have no service, and that's where I was last, and in, you probably know a new version. If you don't have service, you don't change versions, so follow along with me in the NLT. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, Live a life filled with love. Oh, well, that's, yeah, it goes on. But yeah, imitate God, therefore. So the point I'm trying to make is that um, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but if Jesus is our example, he was perfect, he was the Son of God, we don't have to really do like him. It's not saying even imitate Jesus there, it's saying imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. So imitate, if you want to argue that Jesus is God and that he's not our example, I'd, I'd argue that imitate God. It says it right there. Um. So, how did Jesus get rid of the world's noise then? Let's go Mark 1. Bit of bouncing around a bit here for a second. I just want to prove a point. Let's go verse... uh, Go 35. Yeah, go 35. So, before daybreak, so at the beginning of the day... I've heard it said, if you're, not, um, if you're not organizing your day, then someone else is. So, if you're not using the beginning of your day for the glory of God, then someone else is going to be taking your day and making it their own, whether it's you or your flesh or the enemy, whatever you want to call it. So, Jesus sets an example here. So, looking at Jesus as an example, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. So I'm going to come back to the practical part of it a minute, but we'll take on the plate that where he said isolated place. That's how Jesus started his day. To the point, if you go on to read, that he actually got lost and it takes Simon and the others ages to actually come and find him. He was lost in God. Let's quickly bounce over a little bit later on in Mark. Let's go Mark 6. Let's go all the way down to 46. So, while we're getting there, 
we'll probably get what I'm going to get at anyway. But have you ever considered what Jesus... We always run to this part of the Scriptures and, in, and Jesus is walking on the water um, out towards uh, the disciples in the boat. But have you ever wondered where He was? Like, why didn't He just jump in the boat with them? Let's have a look, 6.46. So it says... Um, oh, let's go 45, sorry. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that His disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. While he, sent the, um, while he sent the people home, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills for himself to pray. So the point I'm trying to make is that our example always isolated himself to pray. I want to show you another thing that um, I found really interesting while exploring this about the way that... Um, Jesus isolated himself. Let's go one more time. Luke verse, uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. And it's an absolute blinder. One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. And I think that's something that we struggle with. We were chatting earlier today, um, um, it was Richie and it was Paris, can't see her, oh yeah, so, ooh, nearly lost it, come back, we were chatting about um, some, some um, friends and family and stuff like that and something that um, I was sharing with them and um, that I, I think of often is uh, sometimes we, ha- like, if we're really honest and raw with each other, like, sometimes we get to a point where we're like, man, where's God? Like, what's going on? Where is God in this? You know what I mean? And we get down and we do our five-minute prayer and He doesn't rock up in five minutes, so we're like, bye. Um, and I get it um, because everything that happens, like, we're talking about, um, like the enemy and he's the prince of the air, like he's the prince of this, this world and it's mentioned a couple of times um, in John, like at least three times, that he's the prince of the air and so his influence is everywhere and even down to subtle things like a movie, right? Like with the constant chops, bang, bang, bang. It's got to keep your attention. It's got to happen every two seconds. Every two seconds in a movie or in television, it has to have a cut, you know what I mean? So it keeps your attention and that's the thing. We go to God and we, we have this mind that's ready for two-second increments and God doesn't do something in two seconds so we don't do anything about it but I promise you God's not in the five minutes and and this is so to give context to this Luke 6 Christ is God and he's making a decision about his 12 mates this is because he goes on after this to um, in Luke 6, to, to name his disciples. So he's just literally making a decision on who his mates are going to be for the next three years, the ones that are going to cl- follow him close. And I get it, they go on to, to be the rocks of the church, like it's a, it's a reasonable decision. But at the end of the day, he's the Christ and he's making a decision and he decided to pray all night. Now, if God was in the five minutes and he is God, then why is he needing to pray all night? And so if that's the expectation that Christ has on Himself for making a decision, then who are we? 
know what I mean? And I mean that in the most like humble and beautiful way. Like I don't, I, I think I'm, res- I'm jumping the queue on what I reserve for saying later, but like I don't want this to sound like a smacking anyone's bottom talk. I want it to sound like a, like we're a family and we're an army and we have a job and we have a Christ and, and man, I want more than anything, this group of like, we we're talking about it with Jamie today at the back, like the potential, like Jamie was talking about the potential in the room and that he sees uh, the, the glory of what you guys can be. Like I'm over the, I'm over the hill, like it's, it's on the young people and, and us and us as a family um, to, to, to be united, to see the kingdom grow, to, to see like what Jesus saw when he sent the disciples out to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead. Like that's the stuff that I want to see and I know that you guys want to see too but I think that a lot of it comes from being intimate and um, it's like I said, it's not a smack, if it's smacking anyone's bottom, it's mine. It's like I know that I need to, to go to that place and, and be intimate. Um, let's go to Hebrews 5.7. I've really got to be quick. I'm going to run through the practical parts so fast. Hebrews 5, verse 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. So, just reiterating exactly what I said, even though he's the Christ, it doesn't say that um, God... Um, and God heard his prayers because he was the... Like, let's go... Like, read the back end of 7. Again, I'm reading it in NLT. Yours might read slightly different, but it doesn't say, and God heard his prayers because he was the son of God and that's just the way it works and he's the son and so he just... He just... God will just bless him and he just... It's just fair. And he doesn't have to do anything. He just has to be the son. You know what I mean? It doesn't say that. It says, God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. And that even though he was the son, he learned obedience. Something that's really probably going to hit hard because it smoked me some idle Tuesday in, a shower, in the shower, just thinking about um, why, what prevents me from just going to that intimate place? Why, can't, why don't I go there? And it blindsided me. I didn't mean to give you the shower image, I'm sorry. Um, no. Um, oh, well, I don't know. Stupid. Don't be funny, be serious. Um, no, but seriously, it, it blindsided me and it hurt because it's a hard-hitting thing and I, I was just praying to the Lord and I was like, what, what prevents me from going to the secret place? What prevents me from going to that quiet place? What's preventing me from, from staying in there and being intimate and moving past that five minutes and getting all that stuff off me to actually get in and connect and it was clear as day it was because you you don't believe and it's it's hard hitting but I truly believe if we had a true revelation of who 
God is and what we're talking about with Guy and Pastor Russ about in, in their workshop, a true revelation of who we are. We'd set the world on fire. We'd absolutely set the world on fire. And it's the same place that I find myself not being able to go into the intimate because it's the, maybe not the fear, but the disbelief that something's going to happen, that God's there and he's going to say something to me, whether that's a disconnect in who I believe myself before God or whether I, who I believe God to actually be. But if we truly believed in who God was and we truly believed in who we are, we would want to be in that intimate place with him. And like I said, we'd set the world on fire because the disciples did. Like they received the Holy Spirit and they walked and talked with God. They knew who he was and they knew who they were. And we read about it in Acts, what they did. I won't dwell on that too much more. I want to go into the practical and then I've got to wrap up. So if you're a note taker, write this down. If you're not a note taker, write this down. Number one, make a time and a place. Make a time and a place. The place has to be a place that inspires you to be with God. If, you're, if it's got anything else there that's not going to make you want to be with God, get rid of it. If it's nature and it most likely will be, go there. Be in nature. If it's not, if it's your room, if that's the only, if that's the only time you've got time, if that's the only place you've got time for, make it your room. Make, so make a place. The other one is make a time. Make the time work so that you can stay with Papa. If it's, I'll go on to that, but make the time a time that works. So number one, make a time, make a place. Number two, get away from distractions. Put your phone down. Don't do this. Take your actual Bible into the place and put your phone away. Now, a lot of the, the reason I say take your physical Bible is because most of us, like me, we've got it set up on our phones or on our iPads. That's awesome. In that place, take, take the physical word. And I want to do another thing too. When it comes to distractions, they can come here. They don't have to come on the phone. But get rid of the phone, get rid of the distractions, uh, the distractions. When I say get rid of the distractions, in our minds, think about, uh, no, taking a notepad. Take a notepad, take the Word of God. Why? Because you're going to have thoughts come in. Now, two reasons those thoughts will come in. One, God's saying something to you, write it down. Because God might want to be sharing. Don't, we get into that place and we're like, ah, think about Jesus and hallelujah and, ah, and just oh, something about work pokes off over here and you're like, no, no, I'm not thinking about you. I'm here to worship Jesus and don't, you know what I mean? And we'd spend our whole time struggling and fighting and wrestling these thoughts. Take a notepad, write it down. One, is God saying something to you about those things? Is that why they're coming into you? Or two, the other reason to write it down is because you want to um, give your mind the opportunity to think. Long story short, um, the study of psychology, they, they reckon that if you give your time yourself, yourself a time to panic, if you give yourself a time to worry, if you, then you'll actually have a clearer day because you have that time set aside for that. So it's the same concept in, in the closet with God. Take your pen and paper and write down those thoughts. So you're saying, hey, those thoughts, you matter, but I've got a time for dealing with them and now's not the time. So write them down. and It'll actually make free your mind to think on the things of God and not... Um, those thoughts, because you've given them a time. They're important, but you've given them a time. The third thing is stay a while. Like I said, if, it's, if you take anything from this, it's one, to be intimate. Two, that God's not in the five minutes. 
You will not find him in five minutes. Five-minute prayer, even now and then, it's awesome. I'm not saying stop your five-minute prayers on the way to work, whatever. I'm not saying that. But go, go like longer than five minutes like I have gone longer and I'm getting like... Um, so again, like I said, it's not, a, it's not a smack on the bottom. It's an opportunity for us to grow together as a team and that comes from the place of intimacy um, so that we can, we can um, be like the Ephesians 4.1 um, type of Christian. Um, so just quickly, at the start... I whispered something that I believe is God's soft, still voice towards all of you individually, and it's that I love you dearly. Come and learn of me. Come and be close with me. Amen.